Praise the Lord. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and go with me to Genesis 42. We're going to be all over Genesis today. Uh, I want to say for those of you that would like to be water baptized immediately after service today, we're going to have a meeting in room 103. And so if you'll make your way over there, just outside these two doors here to the, my right, your left, first classroom there. You look here this morning at Genesis 42, Genesis 42 and 8. Now, if you haven't read the story in its completion about Joseph, I would encourage you to go back and to read uh, Joseph there, his story. But today we're going to look at Joseph. And the story of Joseph goes that God gave him a dream. And that dream was he was going to be the ruler over his family. It was going to have a, a physical impact. It was going to have a spiritual impact. And what we see here is what happened in the course of time, as we will discover this morning, is that he was sold into slavery. He ended up in prison and eventually came to the place where he was now ruling. And that vision, 22 years after the fact, came about. And his brothers were there, the actual ones that sold him into slavery, and they hadn't seen him in 22 years. But I want you to notice there in Genesis 42 and 8. Genesis 42 and 8. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. I'm going to talk to you this morning about what I believe to be the truth of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in this day we're living. I'm going to talk to you about being unrecognizable. That there is a place in the image of Christ when it's revealed and understood in you from who you were to who you shall be and who you are in Christ is unrecognizable. Now, we've, we've got a dear friend that didn't start out as a dear friend. There was a young lady that we pastored in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Her name is Missy. Missy was an exotic dancer, and I say that with the little ears that are here, you understand what exotic dancing, what that is. Well, we went down to her place of business. We didn't go in, mind you. But we went down and we began to pray in the streets of Hot Springs, and we prayed over her area in which she danced, and we prayed this specific prayer. Lord, let her feel like she's suffocating every time she grabs that pole. <laughs> now you're with me. So, Missy comes to church, and strangely enough, she, she had these hair extensions in her hair. She jerks all of those hair extensions out, and she goes to what I'm guessing is probably, probably the little house on the prairie um, stage set, and she gets this dress, and she puts it on. Looked like she just walked off of an episode of Little House on the Prairie. You got the image. And she's got all this, this, these hair extensions and these bald spots. And I've told Missy this to her face. I said, you look like a dog with mange. <laughs> so you're getting the image now. This is what happened. She shows up, and I'm, she's talking all this conspiracy theory. She's, she's talking out of her mind. Fortunately, she won't talk to Andrea, not to me. Andrea's sitting there talking to her. And in the midst of talking to, to Missy, 
she's saying to her, my, she's talking to the Lord, God, I don't know if this, this girl is fried. She's beyond repair. I don't even know what to tell her. I don't even know what to say to her. And the Lord gave her some instruction, just told her, said, show up to church every time the door is open, pray every day like you're talking to your best friend, and read the Bible every day and listen to God. Can you do that? She said, yes, I can do that. I will tell you today that Missy has been saved, delivered out of a lifestyle of lesbianism. She's married to a man. She's been voted the last two years, nominated as Woman of the Year in the city of Hot Springs. She works with underprivileged children. She works at Teen Challenge. She's been on uh, many television networks as she has given her testimony of God's delivering, uh, saving grace. From where she started from to where she's at today is unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. One of the greatest moments, <laughs> with the greatest moment for me, as I was raised in, uh, uh, in, in, in a home that was uh, filled, filled with difficulty, and I had tried to self-medicate and do all, all kinds of self-destructive behavior through alcohol and drugs and what have you, and I was pretty much, as a teenager, I was a hellion. And the Lord saved me, and I'm youth pastoring in our hometown. And as I'm youth pastoring in our hometown, you remember the days of Blockbuster? You know, where you walked in and you rented a video that was there, and you had to get the video machines, and you always had to rewind them before you took them back, or they charge you the extra fees and all of that stuff. I go in there, and I meet a young man, that, a young man, I call him young because we were both young at the same time. We both graduated at the same time. His name was Ralph. Ralph was sitting in there, and he said, so what do you do now, Mike, that you're out of school? I said, well, I'm a youth pastor. Ralph's jaw dropped to the floor. His eyes got about this big around. And he stood there. I was like, see you later, Ralph. Went to the front, and Andrew said, what did you do to that guy? I said, I told him I was saved, and I was a youth pastor. It was so unrecognizable because Ralph knew me when. I'm telling you, there is an unrecognizable attribute of the image of God that's inside of you that the Lord wants to bring to the forefront. Turn me up, they're saying. Turn me up. Am I going to have to start over now? <laughs> okay, can you hear me now? All right, we're all on the same page. So as we look here, I want to... How many notice when you read the Word of God that many times there'll be threads throughout stories that you didn't see before? I just love how the revelation of God's Word is just so in intrinsic and so beautiful. I, I noticed a, a something woven through the life of Joseph that I never recognized before. Now, as we go back and as we're talking about being unrecognizable, let's start from the beginning. And I want you to notice something here in Genesis 37 and verse 3. Genesis 37 and verse 3. Now this is when we are introduced to Joseph. And Joseph is about to share his dream with his brothers. But here in Genesis 37 and 3, it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. Now, Israel had 12 sons. 
And I do not advocate favoritism on any one of your children. Now, Jacob, wherever he's at this morning, he has a fun time of getting on my phone sometimes and sending to the, my daughters, my two daughters, uh, just to let you know, this is dad, and I want you to know that I am, uh, Jacob is my favorite, and just I hate to burst your bubble, but that's just the way life is. Hmm? Or the, our, you don't have to tell all of our secrets. He sets the password to our, to our internet. So if you drive by and you need internet service by my house, the password is G Jacob is my favorite. Okay? <laughs> but see, my daughters think they're the favorite. Because that's the life that we live. And so I don't advocate favoritism, but I tell you there is a favored son, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus lives on the inside of you. And even though that those that are around you don't understand that they are, he was meant to come and to rescue them and to preserve them, ultimately they're wanting to kill him. But I will say to you this morning as we look at Joseph, we're going to look at him through the lens of the church to bring us strength and encouragement today. What we look there is we see Joseph as a type of the church, and what we see is there was something given to him by his father and that something that was given to him was a was favor. It was favor, a coat of many colors that distinguished him from his brethren. Now, as we see that, what I want you to see is this. His brothers didn't like it. And in the natural, it's not a good thing, but we're talking spiritual here. The, 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 his brothers didn't like it. And I want you to notice there in Genesis 37, 20 verses down, after it declares that he has... A coat of favor. I want you to see something. His father's favor rests upon him. Now in, in 23 of the same chapter, it says, When Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his coat and his coat of many colors that he had. Mm. So his father gave him the favor. And now his brothers had stripped sought to strip that favor from him. On a spiritual note, understand when we talk to you, it is, it is spirit and it is truth. And what I'm saying to you is the enemy is always after that favor that rests upon you in Jesus Christ. You want him to destroy that favor, that grace that rests upon you, the, the unmerited favor of the Lord that is there upon you. The enemy wants to strip that from you and who does he use in Joseph's case it was the ones that was closest to him the ones that were closest to him in my life and experience it was the ones that were meant to protect me that were there trying to strip away that trust those that are authority over you are abusing you then you don't feel that sense of favor it is a stripping away the enemy has wanted to strip away the favor of God off of your life so that he can ingrain you with an image other than what God has called you to be. So here is Joseph. His father gives him a coat and his brothers strip it from him, throw him in a pit. So what we see is that now in exchange for his father's favor, he is sold into slavery, and now he's wearing slave clothes. 
See, this is a thread that's being woven through the story of Joseph. So instead of favor, he's now living in Potiphar's house and he's wearing slave clothes. And the enemy is wanting him to stay there in that place. Because what Joseph doesn't understand, because he thought the dream was about him. I'm going to let that resonate for a minute. He thought the dream was about him. All of you brothers and my mother and father, they're going to bow down to me. Isn't that great? See all the sheaves that are in the field? They're bowing to me. Sheaves were just the, uh, the wheat that was gathered together in bundles. They're all going to bow to me. Don't you love this dream? It's about me, 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 me. In the center of this dream is me. No, wait a minute, guys. I got another dream. Now the 11 stars and the moon and the sun, they're all going to bow to me. Isn't that great? God has confirmed it's about me and it is about me. I've got a dream. It's all about me. It's all about me. Oh, it's all about me. Some folks enter in and yes, we do that in our, in, in our infancy stage. He's 17, you 17-year-olds, you're brilliant, you're beautiful, but you don't know everything. <laughs> Mom and Dad are not the dumbest people in the house. You are. <laughs> As my friend says, when his sons reached puberty, entered into those teenage years, their mind goes to mush, and it doesn't harden back until their early 20s. <laughs> Maybe. No offense. I'm just trying to be offensive. So, what we see there is we don't know everything. But how sad is it when we come of age physically but spiritually, we still think it's all about me. Now, here's Joseph, and he's in the, he's no longer has the coat of favor he's wearing the slave clothes and the enemy wants to keep him in that house because if he can get him to compromise then he can wear those slave clothes from now on that's exactly what the enemy wants from you he wants you to wear those slave clothes from now on and we see that Joseph was unwilling to compromise he said I'm not I'm not going to do this I'm not going to compromise because here is Potiphar's wife, and we talked about this in our leadership on the on-ramp, but here's Potiphar's wife, and just my guess, and you can preach it any way that you want, but here he is the general, he's the commander of Pharaoh's army, he is uh, the military strength of that nation. I, I believe he's probably got the choice as to the wife that he would, he would marry. I just believe that he could reach out and just pick out whichever one. So I, my guess is uh, she's probably a looker. She's probably a handsome woman. Amen? She's very handsome. Come on now. I got somebody with me. You're getting this image of this beautiful woman. I've got my image right here. Okay. So we, we see there, there's a beautiful woman there, and she is trying her best to bring him in to an adulterous situation. And it wasn't just a one-time and a one-off. It was day after day after day after day. And he finally says to her, look, I can't do this. 
He said, I am, I am, he's the master, Potiphar, whom I'm serving. He has put me over this, and I, I can't do this thing that you're asking me to do. How can I sin against my master? And more importantly, how can I sin against my God? But I want you to see what happens. Notice there, look, we're looking at the thread that's woven through his life. Notice there in Genesis 39 and 12, she caught him by his clothing saying, lie with me. But he left his clothing in her hand and fled and got outside. So now, now I want you to hear, I want you to see this. He's got a coat that was given to him by his father. And they took the coat from him. He goes and he's sold into slavery. And now he's got slave clothes on because that's what identifies him. He didn't go out and weave them. They were, or, or sew them together. They were given to him. And now he's in a place where that's been taken from him. And guess what he gets next? He gets an orange jumper. Because he's going to prison. Now, used to it'd be black and white stripes, but no more. It's orange jumpers. They've killed the, 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 the orange, the color orange. So now he's, he's been traded his father's coat of many colors, the favor. He has given up his slave clothes, and it, he's not progressing. He's digressing. And now he is in a prison with his orange jumper prison clothes on. Wow. Now, the enemy would love, because as we look at this, what I want you to see is this. Image really is everything. Image is everything. And see, when he had his father's coat of many colors, that was the image that he had of himself. But he went from that to clothing to identify him as a slave. If that wasn't bad enough now, they stripped that from him. And now he is in the prison. He's got been identified. Why did they put them all in the orange jumpers? So that when you see them on the side of the road, you not only run, not run over them, but understand they are identified as a prisoner. And so he stays in this prison for a number of years. We know he was there for at least two because he interpreted the dream of two of the servants of Pharaoh. Now he's starting to step in, even in that prison of, of unjustness and unfairness where the enemy would love to leave you there. He would love to leave you if he can't get you to compromise in the slavery. He would love to throw you in the, in the prison of unfairness and it's not right and I didn't do anything to deserve this and he'd like to leave you there for the rest of your life. But what we see is that now he's starting to figure out the dream, and the dream is not just about him, but the dream God had given him was to interpret dreams. Oh, I don't have time to get into this part of it, but hear me, leaders. Hear me, ministry leaders. Hear me, preachers and teachers and prophets and evangelists. Understand that the dream that God has given you is not about you. It's about someone else. It's about interpreting their dream and helping them find and fulfill the success that God has in store for them. I had this good friend, but he annoyed me because he would ask me repeatedly, what's your dream, preacher? What's your dream, preacher? And it was at the time where it was all about the mission vision statements. 
mission and vision statements and all those things are wonderful and good but he kept on at me what is your vision what is your vision tell me what the vision is I said I don't know I preach it every Sunday but he I said Lord I'm tired of this annoying question Lord what is the vision and the Lord in a moment answered me and he said you tell him that he is the vision so you want to know what my vision is you're my vision God's plan and purpose for you fulfilling the the call that God has upon your life amen what we see here now he's in the prison he interprets the dream and so he tells these guys the cupbearer and the baker said now I was unjustly treated I'm here by false accusation. I've been sold in, in, into slavery. I, I was born a free person, and now I'm, I'm in this place. And please go get me out of here. When you go back to Pharaoh, tell him about me. But the Bible says uh, when they got there, the one that actually kept his head, he forgot all about Joseph. For two years, he forgot about him. Some of you are in a place and you think God has forgotten about you. No, the Lord hadn't forgotten about you. He's just waiting on his timing. It's one thing to be hiding from the call of God. It's a whole other thing to be hidden till the time that God wants you revealed. Oh, I've got to push my way. I've got to make my way happen. I'm going to get this thing done. I applaud you, type A's. But let me tell you, it's not always the best way. Sometimes you've got to be still and know he's God. Wait on him to validate. Wait on him to promote. Wait on him to lift you up because he's got a timing. He's got not just a... a a chronos, he's got a kairos. You know what I mean by that? There is a chronological measure of timing, one day after another after another. But if you will stay on that timeline, there is coming an event in time. There is coming a transaction between the between the chronos and the kairos, an event in time. Amen. So, what happens to Joseph? Wait a minute. Again. There's a wardrobe change. Okay, stage right, curtains close. Act one, Father's favor. Look at me, boys. Isn't that beautiful? Close the curtains. Act two, what is the next one? Wardrobe change. Slave clothes. Sweeping the floor, scrubbing the, doing those things. Act three, stage left, curtains close, open back up. Now he's wearing prison clothes, his orange jumper. Isn't he a happy camper? God is with him. He should be happy. I don't know if he is or he isn't. All indications is he's not because he's there saying, I'm being unjustly treated. Now the curtain closed. And now, two years later, after the fact, wait a minute, Pharaoh, you had a dream. I've been a somewhat remiss. I remember an interpreter of dreams. I was in prison with him. Bring him up here. What did they do? I love this. I want you to notice something here. It says that he, blah, 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 let's see. I didn't put it in my notes. Okay, Genesis 41 and 14. So Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and they shaved his head. And notice this. They changed his clothes. 
I don't know, just little things like that just thrill me about the Word of God. He's having a wardrobe change every time there's a new scene. <laughs> they strip you of your favor, put you in slavery, slave clothes, and put you in prison clothes, but wait just a minute. Now the dream is starting to unveil. You understand that you are there as an interpreter of dreams. It's not just about you. It's about what I'm doing with, for my covenant people. And now I'm going to put you, you're not going to go before the Pharaoh in your prison clothes. We're going to get you out of the jumper and we're going to put you in some presentation clothes we're going to bring you before the ruler of the known world and you are going to be presented before him and there's protocols that you didn't just walk in there but God divinely orchestrated the day where Joseph would come before Pharaoh your gifts and callings of God are without repentance, and the gifts and callings will bring you before the ruler's church. Are you hearing me? But see, he had to be put, they had to put on him the presentation clothes. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You got to be prepared for the day. Amen? You, you gotta you gotta know who you are in Christ and when you step before there before that ruler in that place of calling it doesn't matter how long it's been it's been more than two decades and now Joseph is standing there with his presentation clothes now note every wardrobe change is clothes that was put on him by someone else his father's coat, his slave clothes, his prison clothes, and now his presentation clothes. Oh, but it gets gooder than good. He interprets Pharaoh's dream. I want you to look down there in chapter 41, verses 42 and 43. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand, and he put it on Joseph's hand. <laughs> Wardrobe change, folks. He arrayed him in clothes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck that he had him to ride upon the second chariot, which was his. And they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over the land of Egypt. Mm. Now, before I get into this, I want you to hear this. Each one of those wardrobe changes, what was put on Joseph, his father, Potiphar, the prison guard, the attendants to Pharaoh, and now Pharaoh gives him a ring and puts upon him fine linen. Father's favor is good, and we need the Father's favor, but it's not just in the house where we need the Father's favor. There's something bigger for you in the world today. It's beyond your understanding and comprehension. But I assure you today that we understand that the slave mentality is not the cloak we should be wearing, nor the prison, prisoner mentality is what we should be wearing. Yes, we need the presentation, but see, the dream was lining up to what was happening now. 
some years after the fact. Now he's going to put upon him that the, the clothing of fine linen. Anybody recognize that from Revelations as it talks about the bride of Christ? How that she will be clothed in fine linen? Talking about the righteousness. See, each one of those wardrobe changes and those garments that he wore were not ones that was given to him. But folks, what we see is those wardrobes were given to him by someone else. But I want to say to you, according to Isaiah 61 for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and he has covered me with the robe of righteousness so at salvation God gives us the the garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness amen so we see here that Joseph is at a place where now he has been given a gold chain. We laughed about this or some silly song about a gold chain. Something about being gangster. I don't know. You young people may understand that. Something about a, I don't know. I'm afraid to quote it because not all of my son's quotes are the appropriate. <laughs> but that wasn't just a gold chain that they put on him. It was a gold collar. Do you think prisoners wear gold collars? Do you think slaves wear gold collars? Do you think those that are out there just day-to-day -day activities? Hmm? Shepherds? No, they're not going to wear those gold collars. But see, that gold collar wasn't just a, it wasn't just a royal apparel. Though you are a royal people, a, a peculiar people, a, a, a holy nation, come on now. But see, it was an identifier that he was there now officially in his position. And he was wearing not the, not the beggar's clothes, not the slave clothes, not the prison clothes, even something beyond his father's favored clothes. He was now wearing this, this fine Egyptian linen on his body as a reality that now the dream is being fulfilled. And he is given a signet ring that whenever he made decisions he sealed it with the authority that was given to him now the Bible tells us and I believe Andrea touched on this as I left today but here and in fact it was something that the Lord had showed her some of the teaching and readings that she had but that signet ring the Bible says the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth amen gave him that signet ring would melt that wax and take that ring anytime that he wrote a degree and he would seal it that wax didn't have much to do have to say about the matter it was a signet ring that made the impression. The mountains represent kingdoms, church. It's like Jesus said, you speak to this mountain and say, be cast into the sea. He wasn't just talking about physical mountains. Though I believe faith could cause things to happen, but he was talking more importantly about kingdoms. Mountains mean kingdoms. You can speak to the mountains and the kingdoms of darkness by the power of the light of Jesus Christ and say, get up and get out of my way. 
or you can speak from your mountain and always be sitting there with a complaint and a, 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 a desire to, to just bemoan your situation or you can get up from there, turn around instead of sitting at the foot of that mountain, turn around and point your finger at it and say in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and get out of my way and the Bible says that the very mountains, they will melt like wax at the very presence of God so that the signet authority is what puts the impression upon that wax has the greater authority than that mountain that's sitting out there I believe folks that we need to begin to walk it is an absolute necessity that we take off the slave clothes mentality and stop identifying, identifying ourselves to the slavery of our past, stop glorifying those old glory days. They weren't very glorious because you might have had a little moment of fun, but let me tell you, it didn't leave you anywhere lasting. It wasn't going to build your relationships. It's not worth it. It is destructive. But you're no longer in the prison house. You've been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been given the authority of God's word. And now when people see you, they need to see the image of God as it is laid over you. Because that garment that you have is not one you created. It was given to you by the Father. Now here... It's the crux of the whole matter. Joseph just had a glory day. I mean to tell you, it had been a long time coming that he stood before Pharaoh. All of what he was just sick to death of living in the prison. Sick to death of living in Potiphar's house. Living on those regrets of yesteryear. Now he is here at a place, and now he's not just brought out of prison. He's given a ring. He's given a collar. He's given clothing. He's riding in the chariot, and now he gets a wife. Woo! I mean, single men and women out there, you just say, woo! You have two kids. Manasseh and Ephraim, he's living large. He is, he is at a place now. He's, he's arrived. That first day, Pharaoh put those items on him. It wasn't his choice. It was laid upon him. But the second day, what am I going to wear today? Sometimes I ask her, most of the time I don't. Because I like to wear what I like to wear. But sometimes she dresses me. I put this together myself. Do y'all like it? All right. It met her approval so I could leave. Okay. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. We're just teasing. I'm capable of dressing myself, yes. But see, when I got up this morning, like most of you, unless your kid's in the house, you got up and you chose what you were going to put on. Some of you chose to wear jeans, and that's just fine. That's perfectly fine. Some of you chose to put on a suits and ties, and that's perfectly fine. But you chose. You made the decision to put 
your clothing on your body if you're physically able. Amen? Joseph had been handed a lot of things, a lot of clothing. We've seen a lot of acts that took place in Joseph's life, a lot of wardrobe changes. Now he's got the authority. He can choose whether or not he's going to put that dream identity on or he's going to reach back for those slave clothes or he's going to reach for those prison clothes of unjustness and unfairness let me tell you it stunk when you wore them the first time and it stinks worse now see he had to choose what he was going to put on as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord put on Christ Jesus you can still walk around like a victim and you can say you're justified in this victimhood that you're living in or you can choose to wear the garments God has provided for you and walk in the authority that the Lord has provided for you and live according to what God has called you, not what other people may perceive you, and live according to who you are in Christ Jesus because he's not the example for us. He is the example of us. And when the church begins to understand that we are the image of the unbelievable the invisible God will begin to reflect the God that we worship let me leave you with this let me leave you with this oh, I got all kinds of time let's look I want to share something with you 2nd Corinthians 3 and 18 I will say this to you we reflect the one we worship do you agree with that can y'all hear me my microphone loud enough We reflect the one we worship. 2 Corinthians 3.18 For we all with unveiled face, holding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So whatever I face in worship, it's who I will reflect. Now do we need a little testing of that statement? Does my actions reflect Jesus? Should my actions not reflect the one I'm worshiping? Is my behavior reflecting the one I'm worshiping? Absolutely question is is who are we worshiping this is the moment where the silence gets real silent and the spirit takes a dramatic pause so that there can be reflection in the house let's bring it closer to home you're in a heated discussion and an argument with someone. How did you get there? I don't know, somebody wasn't serving somebody. But when you get to that place, 
does your actions reflect the one you're saying you worship? What image are you bearing? Who do you look like? Do you look like a slave because you just chose to put those slave clothes on? Do you look like a prisoner because though you're trying to tell me you're not living in this unjust, unfair behavior, all I can see is your orange jumpsuit. Come on, folks, that's better preaching than you're responding. You're either get, come on and just say amen and throw your neighbor off of you. We profess that we love Jesus, but are we acting like him? Do we behave like him? If there's an opportunity for water or gasoline to either put out a fire or ignite a fire, what do we have in our hand? Are we an accelerant? Are we ones who are going to put it out? Come on, say out your amen. Give me some response. I feel like there's a wall right here and I'm throwing, I'm throwing everything I got and it's going to... You have the decision. It was given to you at Calvary. There was a price that was paid for your salvation, your deliverance, and your life is not just about you. You are a gift to the humanity. You are called of God. There's a dream and a destiny. His brothers did not recognize him. Joseph reflected the one in whom he worshiped. Because he said, though all of this stuff has happened, brothers, and you sold me, I don't deny the fact that you sold me into slavery, but God sent me before you to preserve you, and so you didn't bring me here. God is in charge of this thing. God is in charge of this thing. Get your eyes off man and get your eyes back on God. If you can be hurt out of church, guess what? Those doors will fling open and every bit of hurt will come your way. If you can be offended out of the house of God, guess what? You're already on your way out. But if you are a child of the living God and you understand I've got the authority, I've got the identity, I'm wrapped in righteousness, there ain't nobody going to run me out of town. When I was a drunken drug addict in the world, we used to beat the living snot out of each other, bludgeoning and bloody and get up laughing and shaking hands and become best friends. Lord, we ought to have just as enough resolve in the house of God than the world does. Amen? Lord, we, have a little, we got a little bit more stuff to us. Somebody walked in this morning and thought, I didn't know what to expect when I came here. That's the way we like to keep it. Amen? We don't tell them what may come out of this mouth. <laughs> but the message for you today is this. You have been given the image of Christ through the shed blood of the Lamb. He gave me the garment of salvation and the robe of righteousness. He gave it to me. I have to choose whether or not I'm going to pick that up and put it on tomorrow. The first day when I came into the kingdom, he puts those things on me. 
But tomorrow, I have to decide. When I get in that unjust situation, I have to decide. When I get in the midst of that argument, I have to decide. When I get in the midst of that comment, I have to decide. When I get in the midst of a situation, I have to decide. Who am I going to reflect to the world? I need to reflect him. What would Christ do in this situation? Take the upper seat? No. Stand on the soapbox and demand your rights? No. Insist that she's there and she's supposed to serve me? No. I changed the last 27 diapers. It's her turn. No. Get rid of your checklists and your scorecards. Amen? Just start reflecting the character of Christ. How do we do that, preacher? It's simple. Set your eyes towards him. Set your eyes towards him. Stand, if you will. Worship team, come help me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we magnify your name. Able and mighty, holy and wonderful, counselor, prince of peace, everlasting God. Lord, we're grateful for your mercy. Grateful for your grace, Lord God, today. Lord, we want to bear your image, Lord, today. Lord, we want to choose this day, Lord God, in whom we shall serve. We want to choose hour to hour, moment to moment, meeting to meeting, Lord God. We want to choose you, Lord. Lord, I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus, could you right now just, just begin to worship him, just begin to lift your hands as we wait a minute upon the Holy Spirit. As we wait upon the Holy Spirit today, let him begin to bring revelation, knowledge, and understanding to you. Father, we worship you. Father, we worship you, Lord God, today. Father, we worship you. We worship you. As much as some of you may think that I'm here just to bombard and beat you over the head with things, that's not the case. I'm not here to scold you. I'm hoping the Holy Spirit is molding you. Because in Him is the victory. Because in the Lord Jesus is revelation knowledge. If I get myself in the mix, I mess it up every time. But whenever I just trust in Him and say, Lord, what do you want from me, of me, through me? It changes things. And when I begin to understand that the dream is not about me, how it may necessarily make me feel that there are benefits of fulfilling the call of God. There is an unrecognizable spirit that lives inside of you if you are a born-again child of God. So different than us, but because he is spirit, he is truth, and he is life. He's given you authority. He's given you righteousness. He's given you identity that you didn't earn, but you're learning. If you've got a situation right now, the Holy Spirit is moving upon you. We're going to do, we're going to do this right now. If you've got a situation right now, I'm not looking for a show of hands. I'm not looking for any response to the altar today. You're in a situation right now, and you have not reflected Christ in that situation. 
Come on, you know I'm talking to you. You know the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you. You did not reflect Christ in that situation. I want you right now, just begin to ask God to forgive you. Ask Him to forgive you. Without Him, you can do nothing, but through Him, you can do all things. Just ask the Lord to forgive you right now. And to ask the Lord Jesus right now to show you His way and His will. Show you His way and His will. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you. And Lord, we ask for forgiveness, Lord God, today. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would, Lord, just cause the revelation understanding, Lord God. Lord, your image is in us, Lord God. But Lord, we, we need to know how to bear your image. And we can't bear your image if we don't come after you, Lord God, and face you, Lord God. And, and Lord, we can't reflect what we're not facing. Lord, I ask today, Lord God, that there will be revelation, knowledge, and understanding, Lord God, of the truth of who we are and who we are in you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As we close this service today, I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. I want to see revival. I want to see the awestruck glory of God resting in the house of the Lord. We had the privilege of going down and I, I just went as the chauffeur and the bag carrier, which I am love and would prefer to assist Andrea in this meeting she had. We saw the glory of God sweep in that room in such a beautiful way. There were ladies that were shaking under the power of God. It wasn't a fake shake. It was a, it was a, their, their bodies were shaking in a way that you just couldn't physically imitate. It was the glory of God that was resting. There are people that, first time ever, I saw my wife get tackled. Prayed for a lady. She didn't fall back. She fell forward, and there's so many bodies laying in the floor. I couldn't get to her. That was my job. I was the catcher. I couldn't get to her, and she's tripping over. This lady just tackles her, and I thought, oh, Lord Jesus, that's, you're going to have to help her. Looked like NFL Monday night. Form tackled in the altar. But she bounced right back up. Went on to pray, and God was using her in such a mighty way. When she lay hands upon people, they were just here and there and everywhere, and it was beautiful. The same spirit that was in that room is the same spirit in this house today. I want revival. I want the glory of God coming down in the house. I want to bear his image and walk in his authority. I want to be clothed in the fine linen of his righteousness. I want to wear the image of Christ. And when the world sees, as they saw Joseph, they would see Joseph. And they would know that he was set apart. That he had a role in a position of authority. I'm saying to you, naysayers and church haters, 
You just watch out. God's not finished with his church yet. He's not finished with his church yet. You don't like me now? You don't like us now? You better just hold on. With the bride of Christ, we have the authority of the Lord. The battle's been won. We bear his image. We are beautiful and wonderfully made and fearfully made. We are the church triumphant. We are the church marching through the land, destroying the enemy's plans. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We house the glorious one. We house the glorious one. Oh, he's clothed me in salvation. He's put his robe. Oh, but righteousness, oh, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I want revival. Revival of the image of God. Merciful and mighty God, we come before you today, and Father, we approach you. Father, Father, I know this is what you want to give your children. I know this is the intent and purpose. Father, I know, I know, I know, Lord God, we want to grapple around, Lord God, in, in the in the playpens, Lord God of life, with a Lord toying with the Lord, with a fence. With our opinions. Being divided over politics. Lord, we want to see the all-struck glory of your wonder. Father, we, I know, Father, this is your heart because I, you've touched my heart and I've touched your heart. I know, Father, the spirit of revival is what you want to instill upon the hearts of your children. God, I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory manifest in the hearts of our young people, manifest in the hearts of our families. Lord, I don't want to see another family destroyed over division. Lord God, I don't want to see another life destroyed or another destiny given up or another person defended and walking out of the house of God. Lord, I want to see, Lord God, the mighty power where you take a misty, Lord God, and you bring her in. And Lord God, you clean her up. And Lord, you take her, Lord God, to a place that she is absolutely unrecognizable. Lord, we want revival. We want it, Lord. And we thank you for it. For this is your desire. In Jesus' name. Amen.